0: Hello and welcome to the Law & Sport podcast with me, Sean Cotchell, the founder and CEO of Law & Sport. If you haven't tuned in before, the Law in Sport podcast is here to help you understand the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport. On today's show, our guest is Rob Queller. He is the former Director of Education and former Deputy Director General for the World Anti-Doping Agency. He is now the CEO of Global Athlete, a group of people who are there to support and represent athlete voice around the world. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I found it enlightening. It's particularly focused on a lens through anti-doping and what the movement and collection of athletes around the world and getting better representation could mean for the global sports movement, but also talk on uh, a wide ranging issues. Uh, this is part of a two part piece. Um, the second part is with Callum Skinner and that will be coming up in hopefully the next few days, week or so. Other than that, I hope you enjoy the show. And remember, if you like what we do, please tell people. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Lawrenceport, Sport. Follow me at S-P-C-O-T-T. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. You can sign up to our weekly email when you go to the website. Um, other than that, enjoy the show. Um, we spoke, um, uh, I think, a couple of years ago now when you were uh, at WADA, uh, and we had a great discussion off the record, um, but just about the activities and, and your perspective, both on a personal and professional level around athlete education. How So, well, obviously, you left WADA, uh, and now you've joined this organization, Global Athlete. Now, I'm not sure if you or Callum would like to talk about you know, how that organization has come about, what your objectives are and what your role is, or if you just want to, you know, to talk about what happened between you leaving WADA and then join this organization.
1: You know, part of, I, I've worked in the international scene for 20 years now. Um, and have reached out and talked to a lot of athletes and, um, transitioning to this role. It for me was a perfect transition. Um, Part of my role, and if you want to bring to the topic of WADA, um, over the last couple of years, was responsible and in, uh, in working with the WADA Athlete Committee. And I can say that that committee itself, led by Becky Scott, was uh, a committee that was far beyond their years in terms of not being afraid to take a stance on tough issues, even when it probably wasn't um, wanted by many. And they every day challenged me, made me accountable, and they had my full support. And, and that, that has been really something that resonated with me and, and has, I think, created the person that I've moved into in, in terms of athletes and, and, and athlete rights. And, and speaking with other athletes, one of the things that has frustrated me um, is the fact that every time an athlete speaks up against, something, um, their dissenting voice is both pushed away, it's minimized, and either seen as uneducated, uninformed, and don't they don't see the big picture. And frankly, to me, that's a convenient argument, because the athletes that I've dealt with globally and, and have really a good picture of what's happening, know what sport needs to do to change, um, and want to be a part of it. So uh, that fear of reposition...
0: Yeah, sorry, go on, Karen up. Uh,
1: that fear of retribution, of speaking out, is always in the back of their head and, and being sidelined. And I think the, the athletes now, from what I've heard, is changes is demanded and changes needed, and now it's time for change.
0: And, and you're particularly talking about the um, sort of Olympic and Paralympic movement, right, in, in this regard, rather than sort of the team sports, um, you know, the major league sports and uh, football, as an example, or rugby.
1: Yeah, I, I think I am because if you look at, you talk, this is all about balancing power um, and making sure the athletes have a, an equal say on how sports should be developed and sports should be brought to the to the next to the next level. And I think everyone can benefit from, benefit from that. If you look what happened in the professional leagues in the United States and another other in, in the UK with a unionized approach, um, athletes have a, a more balanced powers in, in those sports. And they have more of a say, and they have better working conditions. Um, they have better compensation, and the sport grows. Um, and the sport yeah, has been the, the
0: objectives are aligned. Yeah, are. Like I've, I've had a Brendan. Yeah, I've, I've had a Brendan Schwab, who you probably know from the World Players Association, yeah. on the podcast. And obviously, we've been talking about the, the not obviously, but the last couple of weeks we've been talking about Hakeem. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he's successfully been released from the Thai prison. Yeah. Um, and on that, and, and having worked with the world players in terms of just, just help facilitate uh, one of their um, annual or biannual uh, conferences, it has become apparent that, that, and it has over my time, that the, the, the objectives should absolutely be aligned. You know, if the objective of a sport should be to protect the welfare of its athletes and participants more broadly, therefore that should be absolutely in line with the. Um objective of the individual athlete, right in theory absolutely. at least no, um but yeah, and I'd also agree with you, not that most people care about my opinion, <laughs> but I would also uh, agree with you on uh, the the misheld belief that athletes don't care and uh, and you know as, as part of our organization, and it's interesting for you to listen to you say that because our organization is about educating as many people as possible around the illegal issues in sport. Yep. Right. and particularly around just understanding the law as a basic principle of all of law. and One of the things that I've always struggled with is how we can have regulations that are applied and enforced on athletes which they could not possibly comprehend because most of the leading lawyers in the world don't agree on what they say. Yep. And, I, and I find that deeply troubling, and I, and, and I, and I still do. Um, so what is the... Um, coming on next I guess the, the, the key would be for me is to find out what I'd like to know is what's the organisation about and I guess the other key question would be remiss of me not to ask is how is it funded yeah. because you know funding is a big issue um, in the world of sport as in who's funding who's got an interest um, in an organisation so if you could address that that'd be great.
1: Yeah sure I mean the objective of the organisation um, to start is we're going for the next six to eight months we're going to spend time Listening to athletes, engaging them and empowering them on um, uh, an exercise to find out where they believe um, things need to be different and, and where they believe that change needs to occur. And and with that, it's not only listening to them on where they see the potential things that need to change, but it's also listening on what they think the solutions are. Um, if this is going to be really athlete-driven and athlete-based, that's the way it's got to be run. And with that, that's our exercise and, and we're not going to overpromise and, and under deliver on, on expectations. Um, we are going to be humble in our approach. We are a new organization and, and we're going to listen to all. And and when I say athletes, but that's every athlete, even ones that are part of commissions now, um, and even athletes that may have dissenting of voices towards us, that's okay. Um, the one thing that I've always frustrated me with has been every time a dissenting voice comes out, it's minimized um, as i mentioned and and I think if the more you listen to dissenting voices, the more you grow and the more the stronger you become as an organization um because there's always something behind when it's well intended um Something behind it, and something that makes it really beneficial to grow. Yeah, well,
0: what it you're could doing. be, well, it could and, and be a just um, someone's dissenting, right? Whether or not they, you know, maybe that they misunderstand what's going on, they don't have access to information. You know, uh, uh, you know, on, on the face of it, that may be the issue. Maybe that they're right. Um, you know, it could be a whole uh, spectrum. But yep. I always say that I said I'd rather take. You know, I'm sure many people would that you know you're, you're better off you know, learning from that criticism and engaging. And and actually, if you look to say. Uh, from, a, from a legal perspective, again, if you look at successful delivery and execution of regulatory frameworks, they've pretty much all come about through meaningful and robust stakeholder consultation, you know, as, as part of that process. Yep. And lo and behold, what happens? Yeah, you totally end do. up with a, with more compliance. Yep. So um, how are you funded?
1: So the initial funding is being provided by Fairsport and donors uh, that uh, donate to Fairsport. Um, that's where the funding has come from. And, and when approached to do this, um, I had one main criteria because we want to be different. We don't want to be the same as everybody else. And the factor was, is that funding cannot be attached to decision-making. Um, if uh, this is going to be successful, it cannot be another organization that sets a mandate on what we want people to do and how we want them to do it. The day that changes, the, the Funding is linked to decision making. Um, it's time for me to walk away, um, and I made that very clear from the beginning. And I have full support from from the people that are from
0: Fair Sport and and the ones that are funding. And who are Fair Sport?
1: Well, I mean, Fair Sport was founded by uh, Jim Schwartz um, and, and and Johan Koss originally, but it's uh, a non profit organization both in the UK and in um, in the US. Where donors provide because they have an in- inherent interest in seeing better sport and and, and more fair sport, um, and again their their funding is provided um, but not linked to any conditions, which is to me is crucial. If this is going to be athlete based uh, and athlete run and athlete driven, uh, we can't set the tone from them; they need to set the tone for themselves.
0: Yeah, the um, it's interesting because. And one of the things that we do, and I think I mentioned this before, not that we promote it as heavily as we we could um because we do a lot of pro bono type of work anyway, but um and so our resources are a bit stretched, but we provide membership to athletes, so if you're a former yep. current professional athlete who's not in professional services, can be found we're getting exploited a little bit from people who are partners or um this is saying in the big accountancy firms or elsewhere who could afford to attend our events and then uh, we'd, we'd, yeah, we'd get a free ticket. Um, but essentially, if you're not in professional services and you're a former current, or current professional athlete uh, or Olympian or Paralympian, we'll give you a free membership to the and sports. You can access all of our peer-reviewed materials for free. You can come to any of our events for free. And what we found, lo and behold, is a lot of athletes would turn up and they'd engage and they'd find the opportunity to network and learn and develop. Um, and, yeah, again, completely against the... Uh, the view that athletes don't care. Um, and I think the what you're talking about essentially, particularly with the decision making, is, is try to re- increase the, um, the diversity of people who are making those decisions. Because that's something that I'm always very concerned about, is that, and I say to people, it's worse than you think, in the sense that, and that's quite an, a bold thing to say. Um yeah. But it's worse than just people from a certain uh, lacking in diversity from ethnicity, religious backgrounds. Um, you know, every every match you can think of is a lack of diversity of thought. That is the 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 the, the, the bigger challenge, I think, in terms of um, creating a, as you would say, maybe fairer. I'd say better sporting environment globally. And so I'm, ple- I'm pleased to hear this. This is good good news. Um, which is, yeah, and the
1: organization itself has to be. And this is where we talk about growth um, and the whole whole concept is organic growth um, and growth of the athletes and, and moving forward, the athletes have to be a part of that. Um, if, it, if it's going to really work and it's going to make a difference, the athletes have to be, want to be engaged and involved because this is what they're the ones that fill the stadiums. They're the ones that bring people to the TVs and they're the ones that need to ensure that they're leaving sport in a better place than they had it themselves. And I think I think there's an interest in that, and I think people, athletes globally, have an interest. I've traveled um, extensively with my work in my former, uh, with WADA, and I know this is a global issue, but it has to have a local flavor to it um, because the diversity... Globally, and the challenges globally are are very different
0: no absolutely well we 've got again we 've done this on an editorial board we 've got an international editorial board broken up by regions around the world for this very reason. Is that, yeah. you know, you can't, you don't, you know, like I say, with the different sports, not one size fits all. It doesn't really work. And the yeah. same with, you know, if you look at legal systems, if you look at welfare systems, if you look at sporting structures globally, they ch- changed vastly, even just within Europe, let alone, yeah. um, you know, across other continents uh, and globally. Um, yeah. Have you got, at and, and this moment in time, one of the things that there is a bugbearer of mine, is mm-hmm. that that there is a and you, maybe you, you know from your background this is a very relevant conversation. I am at pains to understand why, given all of the scandals we have around abuse of athletes globally, there is not a call for a wider type organisation to protect athletes against the abuse, and I don't just mean sexual abuse. I mean all different types yep. of abuse, and I read yep. the statement by the Australian government on the new Australia uh, Integ- Integrity Australia um, initiative that they've that they've got, and they started off in the in the top half or the top, top first paragraph of the report saying, you know, we have to protect sport against issues of integrity. You know, we only have to look at what happened in uh, USA gymnastics, but then I looked through the whole their sort of recommendations, their phase introduction. And maybe I'm wrong in in saying this, but it didn't seem to have anything in there actually around safeguarding, which for me is like, I I say the deafening silence is shameful from leaders, in my opinion, in leaders in sport in that if you, if, if, you know, you really cared about sport and be having a fair sport and a healthy environment for sports playing, you would think, that protecting the welfare of the individual would be the, the, the number one priority. Yep, I'm not sure if you guys have got a stance, stance on that at the moment, but if you need any support, let me know. <laughs> no, I, I
1: mean, you're, you're hitting at something at very core, Sean, um, in terms of of what the future and and the potential future. If you take the example of USA gymnastics, and this is the root of the problem, is you have coaches you have parents you have athletes you have administrators that all' have um, either a fear of, of bringing it forward um, because they know they're going to get sidelined they have a fear of exposing it because they know it potentially could hurt the brand um, and and it just it, it doesn't provide that open transparent uh, willingness to be able to to, to let someone come forward um, and, and and express what's going on in sport. And I think there's been a lack of trust to put things towards sporting organizations or anyone linked to it um, or receiving funding from it in the fear that there's a side call made saying, heads up, this is coming down, we have a complaint coming in, we need to deal with this in the right way. And it's not just in, in USA Gymnastics. If you look at grassroots sports, I mean, you see some, they're taught at a very young age that um, if you speak out against a coach or if you speak out against playing time, um, that potentially your kid is going to be sidelined and potentially he's not going to be selected for the next team because the parent is a pain, because the, the child's a pain, and, and they all of a sudden find themselves in a, in a very different, difficult and different position. And that's reality. And, and if you don't think that's going on in sport, I think you, you need to take a really good look because that is what's going on. Not everywhere, because there's some really good sporting organizations that have it right and they do it well. But the, it is a symptom of of a greater
0: greater picture. Well, I, I always say and, I, I agree, and I think the the the, the key is you've just got to look at opportunity, right? Like for me, it's like path of least resistance. if you look at you know where are these bad practices going to happen, where you, where you're not accounting for them to happen? Do you see what yeah. I mean where they're going to be allowed to thrive, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally? Um, you know, and the you know, and you can with varying degrees. Um, but if you don't, if you're not, if you think it doesn't exist, then there's a good chance it probably does. In in this, in, in if, from a regulatory perspective, anyway. Um, if you don't, if I mean,
1: don't... I'm, a, I'm a sport person, and and um, I played ice hockey, and it brought so much good to to my life, and so many great values. And I think that's what I mean. If you look at why mums and fathers and guardians put their sons and daughters into sport is because they want to take them, potentially move them away from any trouble they may want to get into, develop some values, um, understand what it's like to, to strive for things, learn how to lose, learn how to win. And I think that's still there. I think it's sport is a very, very powerful mechanism and a tool, but it has to have that engagement, it has to have that involvement, and it has to have that balance of power where people are accountable to creating that type of sport. And, and athletes bring that back and, and bring those values that, that sport is meant to be and, and sport can be. And even at a professional level, that can happen uh, yeah. with the well-being there. And, well, and that's we'll, what people are interested yeah, in. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, we've had, you know, we've had the duty of care report in the UK. Obviously, there's been a similar yeah. report in the yep. uh, in New Zealand and elsewhere around the world. And, and, you know, sometimes people lose sight of, you know, they get fixated. And, and I think some of this is a sort of natural cause and effect from, you know, I always... And I find it helpful to keep referring to to sport as a market and a market force and, you know, because I think it gives you a better indication of people's motivations than sometimes, you know, drilling it down to just one person's motivations can sometimes be, or one personality can sometimes be, again, uh, but it can distort the perception a bit like with athletes. If one athlete speaks out and they become the voice of all athletes, that can be a problem, whether it's positive or negative. because um, yep. It doesn't necessarily represent everyone. But I agree with you. There's, there's, you know, sport, I think for most people, most of us who work in sport has had some meaningful impact in our lives. And, and again, boxing was my sport. Certainly did that for me. Basketball was my other sport. Certainly did that for me. Um... And I think that there absolutely is that. It's just an art form and a form of, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's a form of uh, a form of expression. Um, and I think the um, probably like you, the concern that, that, that I have, and I hope this will be in some way addressed, and where I think um, the collective bargaining helps in the team sports perspective, is it means you've got you acknowledge you've got a finite amount of resources. You acknowledge that you've got some challenges, limitations, and you just go through a, an evolutionary process in which you try to prioritize and execute on what is the next thing, right? You know, whatever the next, you know, most important thing. that's I think my big concern at sport with sport at the moment, and I'm sure, I'm not sure, but I wouldn't, I'd imagine, the same for you, is that we seem to be chucking money at anti doping, chucking loads of money at match fixing, and then you, you know, I keep going back to the safeguarding point. But everyone in safeguarding is basically scraping around trying to find some money or any attention yep. to address the yep. issue. You just think that can't be, you know, I just find it de- deeply troubling, particularly when you look at the the inequality, even just in the education system within Antidoping, right, and how it's applied globally, the standards, uh, the science, how the labs are set up. And the quality of testing, the testing quality of the national anti-doping organisations, right? There's a huge gulf about even just on a national level how the how it's policed, as we saw with the Russian situation, but also seen elsewhere around the world. And yet, there's a global standard of sanctioning that's applied broad brush across the across the board, which just seems to be inequitable. from from, from... I mean,
1: sports sport has changed right i mean it's yeah. a, it's it's a huge industry now um and if i was running sport, i would have an inherent interest um to grow it to protect it and and to bring it along with with the current model that that is making a lot of money um and anything i could do to invest in safeguarding it and 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 protecting the brand ensuring that that there is meaningful a meaningful approach to the integrity issues that are facing sport um and as i said that that what that one factor that i think is a game changer is the athletes that live it breathe it every day having the ability to contribute to it having the ability to speak up is crucial
0: and speak to each other as well like the um, <clears throat> you know i know that um and i won't say who because it was you yeah. know we had a private chat about it. But one of the athletes at the <clears throat> the Wilder Athlete Forum, um, uh, I spoke to them because I was slightly concerned about the agenda, to be blunt, um, in the sense that I thought it was okay, but I didn't think there was a diversity of, of speakers um, and thought there was a great opportunity. But they made a fantastic point to me. It was like, it's not actually the... The agenda itself is, is kind of important, but it was actually just bringing a bunch of athletes together who... You know to share their views and experiences, and I know from people who attended said so there were a lot of dissenting views there, um, and it was kind of that wasn't swept on the tables table. So, you know, credit to 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 Wilder for putting, at least putting that event on. I think they're going to be doing more of it, but that just gave an indication of what you know what could be done and what and hopefully what I uh, hope anyway um, that you guys start to do because um, that's quite powerful, I think, particularly for these individual sports where there isn't that. Um that unionization or uh collective group, whereas a you know, you're dealing with so many disparate sports, it's really difficult to get everyone united to and together to speak.
1: So our objective in two thousand nineteen will be to both engage um with athletes so through regional forums. Um we're planning some now, and then um our goal is in two thousand twenty to host a global forum uh for the athletes to come together um and have those discussions and open debates. on on the way things should be moving forward. Um, So that's that's on the immediate agenda.
0: Great, and that's really exciting. Um, Oh, well, I wish you all the best with it. Like, I think it's definitely necessary and needed, and, you know, having spoke to a bunch of the people you've probably spoken to, I know you have spoken to, on the Athlete Commission, uh, about this very, you know, from years ago now onwards, uh, on the Wilder Athlete Commission, uh, and the IOC's Athlete Commission, you know, this is uh, an issue. Right. Um, oh. Yeah. And so I think, you, despite what anyone may think individually, like, I think in the long term, we all win. Yeah, if you can get all the stakeholders involved and, and uh, input into it, it may be, there may be some uh, sort of, I guess, what would be the word, Trouble, troubled waters, would that be the quiet word? or might be some difficult waters to navigate, I guess. Um, but it may yeah, you know, mean. We're, we're not, we're going
1: we're, we're gonna to be very humble in our approach. Um, we're not going to pretend we're something we're not, um, and we're going to make sure that um, we we take the time and don't rush things, and we bring in the views and do it right. Um, this is this is uh, it has to be a, a movement that engages and involves and and really make sure we do things right moving forward. Um, and, and we're excited about that. And and, and the, the good thing is the the backing um, for it as has patience and. I'm willing to stick this through and and see how we can grow it further with
0: the athletes. Well, I wish you all the best with it. I look forward to uh, speaking to Callum tomorrow, hopefully. We have time for today. Thank you for tuning in and remember for all the latest legal issues and developments from the world of sport, please go to lauransport.com. Sign up to our weekly email, follow us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Um, get in contact with us. If you would like to discuss anything, um, other than that, I hope you have a great day, great evening, great morning, depending on when you're tuning in. Um, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in.